Uh, tonight, I won't belabor the point, but I want you to take your Bibles. If you've got your Bibles, holler at me real loud. Say amen. amen. I want you to take your Bibles and you go anywhere. It's all good. Somebody say amen. amen. But tonight, I want you to go with me and go to Luke chapter number 10. Luke chapter number 10, if you will. Find that text. And I guess what we'll do is you'll still stand while I read the text. And then when I'm finished, you can have a seat. How about that? All right. Uh, some of you have been working all day. You've been putting up with a cussing boss and co-workers that you smile at, but you really don't like. And I get all that. So I won't have you stand long, uh, but we'll read just a few verses. I want to introduce you to two, two guys that are with me. Uh, I'm short, small. I might not look it, but when you see me after church, you'll realize how short I am. But I, I, I walk around with some pretty big guys. And uh, these are two of our college students from uh, Anderson, South Carolina. They're in their, our Bible college there. Uh, the one in the pink shirt is uh, Brother Joe Alford. Uh, it's Salmon, I think, or something like that. Brother Joe Alford. And then this is Drew Carson. And uh, they are two young preachers that we are training in our Bible college at, uh, in Anderson. And we're thankful that God is allowing us to try to invest in them and that next generation of young preachers, but they came with me tonight, and I appreciate them being here with us. All right, Luke chapter number 10, if you're there, say amen. amen. Bible says this in verse number 38. Now it came to pass as they went that he entered into a certain village, and a certain woman named Martha received him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary, which also sat at Jesus' feet, and I like this part, heard His word. But Martha was cumbered about much serving, and came to Him, and said, Lord, dost Thou not care that my sister hath left me alone to serve alone? Bid her therefore that she help me. And Jesus answered and said unto her, Martha, Martha. Boy, if God ever calls your name once, you better listen. But if he calls your name twice, you really better listen. That's like mama calling all three of your names at the same time. She meant business when she said that, and so God means business here. Jesus said, Martha, Martha, thou art careful or full of cares and troubled about many things, but one thing is needful. Mary hath chosen that good part which shall not be taken away from her. I want to point out, I'm going to let you have a seat in just a second. I want to point out two comparisons that the Lord brings out to our attention. In talking to Martha, he says, you're troubled or you're full of cares about many things, but one thing is needful, and Mary has chosen that one thing. Can I say this uh, tonight? that a lot of things in life will distract us from the important thing in life. Many things that we could be doing tonight. Somebody really had a lot of choices where you could be tonight, but you made a decision to be in the house of the Lord. I'm glad you made a decision to follow Him. Somebody that's watching at Fairview, there's a lot of distraction that has been taking place in your life. And perhaps... You very well could have been distracted to go in a different direction, but you decided tonight, I want to see what God's got for me. 
It's that one thing. It's that needful thing. And that is what Jesus said, the good part. That's what I'm going to preach on tonight or try to give you a Bible study. We're going to dig into this, find it in other places of Scripture, and that's what we're going to talk about, finding that good part. There's a lot of bad things in life that we could talk about. There's a lot of stuff that we could bring up tonight and talk about uh, our politics and, and COVID and Afghanistan and a lot of things we can talk bad about. But tonight, I want us to all make up our minds that we're going to go after that good part. So that's what we're going to call it, finding that good part. Y'all still standing. Y'all have a seat. Y'all tired. I know. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, I ask that you would go before us tonight and make the crooked places straight. God, you would tear in sunder the bars of iron. Lord, what I'm asking you to do is make a way when we don't see a way. Lord, I ask that you would go before us and do a work in our hearts and in our lives. Lord, thank you for an opportunity to take your word and to dig a little deeper in it. Get all that we can get out of it. Lord, I don't want to be one of them surface Christians. I, I want to dig deep. I want to know the fathoms and the depths of the unsearchableness of your riches. And God, I ask that you would help us as we go the extra mile. Lord, that you would take us deeper in our spirit and in our knowledge and in our wisdom. Lord, here's my request. If there's anybody in here tonight that has come in here that is lost, I'm asking you to save them. God, they don't know what life's about. and They sure don't know what eternity is about. God, reveal yourself to them in such a way that they make a decision to love you and serve you from this day forward. Lord, if there's somebody in here that's backslid, they, they know they're saved, but they've strayed a little bit, I ask that you would draw them closer to yourself. Lord, if there's anybody that's in here tonight, Lord, that is burdened in life, and Lord, they just feel wore out with the things that they're facing, I ask that you would lift up their head and remind them that their redemption draws nigh. I ask that you would move in this place tonight and do what only you can do. I ask it in the name that is above every name, the name of Jesus Christ, my blessed friend. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Here Jesus is, and he's in the house of Martha and Mary. And by the way, this is not the last time that you're going to read about this cast of characters. We'll get to that in just a little bit, but... As he's in the house, Martha is in the kitchen and she's frying up fried chicken and making mashed potatoes and gravy. Is anybody coming here hungry tonight? I, I can tell by the look of some of y'all, y'all know what mashed potatoes and gravy is all about. That's what I was raised up on. By the way, anytime you get thin and lean in the Bible, it's talking about sin and sickness. But God said his people will be fat and flourishing. I'm taking that literal and finding my way to happiness. But the Bible says that Martha is trying to serve the best she can. And she's working herself to death. And she's so careful and troubled about many things, the Bible says. And so she begins to focus not on what she's supposed to do, but what other people are not doing. She begins to tell on her sister. Now, I didn't like a tattletale in school. 
I was always the one that they would tell on and get in trouble because I was always doing something that was worth getting in trouble over. I didn't like a tattletale in school. I don't like them in the Bible. And I want to say this, if you ever stop what you're doing for the Lord and start focusing on what other people are not doing for God or how they're doing it for God, then you have missed the whole purpose of life altogether. It is not for me to judge what you do. It's not for me to judge what everybody else does. It's not for me to get on Facebook and talk about what the church down the road is not doing. It is for me to get my mind made up, put my blinders on and focus on why God has put me here and it's got nothing to do with the people down the street. I want to be the best me that I can be and I can't change nobody else. So Martha is focusing on Mary not doing what she should do. And in her mind, and she begins to tell, Jesus points it out. He says, you're careful about these many things. You've got a lot of things on your plate that you're worried about. But one thing is needful. I carry a lot of hats in life. Many of you do as well. I'm a dad. I I have two little blonde-headed girls that I'm trying to raise up in this godless society. And I'm trying to raise them up to be Christian ladies and and to to do right. And I'm trying to be the best dad that I can be. And I fail at that many times. I've got a beautiful wife that God's given me. And I'm trying to be the best husband that I can be to my wife. I wear the hat of being a husband and the leader of my home. I'm an evangelist, so it's my job to travel everywhere God opens the door and preach the gospel to people that need to hear it. That is my burning desire in my heart. I am also a church member. I'm faithful to my church. If I'm not in a church somewhere preaching, then I want to be on the pew of my church and I want to be faithful to tithe and spend my time trying to work to build the kingdom of God and to be a part of what God is doing. I'm trying to do a lot of things in life, but I found out that I can get so preoccupied with the many things that I do that I miss out on the necessary thing that I should do. We can get so distracted and so our minds so focused on all the things around us that we want to get done that we miss out on the thing that really needs to be done. We spend a lot of time in our lives rationing out our times. We got nine to five jobs and then we got to take the kids to ball games and and we just ration out all of our time. And I want to stop and say this to the people of this church, uh, that if you allow the devil to ration out all your times, he will schedule God out of your time. If you don't make up your mind that I've got to pray, that I've got to read my Bible, that I've got to seek God. By the way, Jesus said it like this, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. I want to tell you, if you and I would make up our mind that God is first, no matter what, all those things we're worried about, he'll take care of if we'll just go after him first. Can I get an amen? I'm hearing a lot of amens in this section, but I need some amens up in the balcony and over in here. Amen. I need to hear amens in stereo tonight. This is what God is saying. 
Martha, your mind is so focused on the many things in life, you're really missing out on the one thing. See, there's many things that are commendable to do in life, but only one thing is needful. There's many things that are doable in life, but only one thing is needful. There's many things that you can be successful at in life, but one thing is needful. Can I ask you a question? Have you been spending most of your time and you feel wore out with life trying to go after this and trying to go after that? And I know I'm preaching to the, the cream of the crop of this church. Backslid people don't just show up on Wednesday night to go to church. And people who are far from God don't just come to hang out with, with God on Wednesday night. Most of them, they've already made up their mind that God's on the back burner. So I realize that the, the cream of the crop, the, the, the structured people who are really sold out for God show up on Bible study Wednesday night. But I'm here to tell you that even the best of the best Christians can get distracted in life. And even the devil can make us stray Listen, you don't have to be backslid and be in a bar tonight. There's backslid people that sit on church pews. Tonight, I want to challenge us, all of us together, to find that good part that he's talking about. So how, preacher, do I find that good part? You need to understand and consider some things about that good part to understand how to go after it. I want to give you three considerations about finding that good part tonight that we all need to take up in our minds and at least look at them in the Scripture and say, if I'm going to find that good part, I need to make sure that I've got these things in place. Amen. Number one, I want to show you this. In finding that good part, we must understand that that good part is positional. That good part is Positional. What do you mean by that, preacher? Notice what the Bible says about Mary. It said this. It said that Mary, which also sat at Jesus' feet. Are y'all with me? Say amen. Y'all ain't going to bed on me yet, have you? And I'm not supposed to stay in this box right here that they told me I'm supposed to stay on and they put lines on the floor like nobody else can see them. But there's a box over here I'm supposed to stay in. But if one of y'all start yawning and going to sleep on me, I'm coming to your chair and I'm going to preach in your lap. And man, if I can't go to sleep, you can't either. We got coffee in the foyer if you need it. Hallelujah. But it's positional. The Bible says that this is that Mary. It's pointing out that it's that Mary which also sat at the feet of Jesus. And, and what it's trying to say is, it's like when your pastor gets up here and preaches, you've got your own seat. Most of you, you've got your own seat that you sit in, Right? You've got your own place that every church service you do your best to find your place. Now, now maybe not everybody's like that, but there's a lot of people probably in this church. I've been to churches where I, as a visitor, I sat on somebody's pew and they were supposed to sit there and they asked me to get up and move. I'm talking about ladies have walked up to me and said, you're in my seat. Because they have a place there that is recognizable. That's where they always sit. 
And if you're ever out, your pastor knows where you're always sitting at. And if your seat is empty, he knows that you're not there because that is your normal place to sit. It's the same thing with what the Bible is describing about Mary. That Mary's place was always at the feet of Jesus. Every time Jesus was there, Mary would pull up her place. That was her position. That was the place that she was supposed to be in. If Jesus was in the house and Mary was in the house and Mary wasn't seated in that position, then everybody knew there was something wrong, that something's happened because Mary was not in that position. This is not just a, uh, a, a now a time. This was not just this verse kind of position, but that was the place she always sat at. That Mary sat in that place at Jesus' feet. It is a continual sitting in that place. And so that was where Mary was always found, at the feet of Jesus. And I'm trying to get you to understand that finding the good part is a positional. You can't just find that good part hanging out wherever you want to. You're not going to find that good part hanging out down at the bar tonight. You're not going to find that good part just doing what you want to do, going where you want to go. But if Jesus is in the house, you've got to make sure that you are in the right position to be able to get from God what you need. If Jesus is in town, I want to be in town where he's passing by. I want to get his agenda. I want to get his schedule. I want to find out if Jesus is there, that's where I wanted to be seated. If anybody was going to hear the word of God, Mary was about to hear the word of God. It's positional. Let me go a little further and prove it to you that it's positional. The Bible says this in Psalm chapter 1. Y'all got time for this? Say amen. amen. Psalm chapter number 1 says this. One of my favorite Psalms of the Bible. It says this. Blessed is the man. Now stop. Time out with me. Let's, let's dig. We're doing Bible study. Let's dig into the scripture. Y'all know what the word blessed means? That word blessed, it means Happy. Oh yeah, y'all done did this Bible study. Blessed means happy. I know a lot of people who say, boy, we sure are highly favored and blessed. But then you look at them in church and they got their arms folded and they're sitting there looking at their watch and they look like their mind-laws moved in or they ran over their favorite dog on the way to church and they look miserable. I've seen some Baptists before that look like the most miserable people that I've ever seen in my life. They don't look real blessed and highly favored. But the word blessed means happy. Can I tell you something? Stop just a minute with me. Of all the people in this world, the people in this church ought to be the most happy people in the world. The people who are saved by the grace of God, the people who know without a doubt it don't matter what happens in my life, uh, come hell or high water, I know that at my last breath here and my first breath there, I'm going to be in the presence of God. That ought to make you Put your shouting shoes on and get real happy in life. The Christian who's not happy tonight is the Christian who is living more for here than they are there. Blessed or happy is the man. I want to be happy, preacher. Tell me. I'm glad you asked me because I'm about to tell you. Blessed or happy is the man that, watch this, that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, 
standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. Stop. Those are three positions that we live in. We're either walking, we're either standing, or we're seated. But watch what he says. If you're going to be happy and you're going to be blessed, you can't have the position of walking in the counsel of the ungodly. Stop getting on Facebook to find your religion. Stop listening to what the world says about God and their opinions about life. Stop following the ways of the world and listening to what Oprah's got to say. God bless her soul about life. You need to start listening to what God's got to say about this world. You've got to listen to what God's got to say about this life. Stop walking in the counsel of the ungodly nor standeth in the way of sinners. You're not going to find me hanging out in a crowd where they're living a reprobate life. You're not going to find me in a place where it's drug ridden and misery and heartache. But I want to be in the place like this where people are worshiping God. People are calling on His name. The choir's singing about Him. I want to be found in the place of God. I'm about to have a fit preaching tonight. (laughs) Blessed, happy is a man that don't walk in the counsel of the ungodly, standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But watch this. But His delight, the happy man is in the law of the Lord. And in his law doth he meditate day and night. Can I ask you a question? What part of your day is apart from day or night? You know what that means? All day long when I get up in the morning till I lay my head on my pillow at night, I'm thinking about God's Word. I'm meditating about what my preacher got up here and preached. By the way, let me go ahead and tell you, when Brother Malcolm gets up here and preaches on Sunday, he's not just preaching an hour or 30 minutes for you to just dwell on it for a few minutes and then go about your daily business, but he preaches to you to plant a seed in your soul. And I want to know something. If you allow that seed to get in your soul and take up root, it's something that even when you walk out the doors of this church, it's going to continually grow in your spirit. That's what the Word of God ought to do. I can tell some of y'all ain't enjoying this. His delights in the law of the Lord and His law doth He meditate day and night. And watch this. And he shall, not might, not he maybe, but he shall be like a tree planted, positioned by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. I mean whatsoever. It don't matter what it is. It's going to prosper. You want to live a prosperous life? You want to live a life that's free of dead? That's free of dried up? That's what he's talking about when you're positioned in a place where you can get the word of God in your life it's like the water that feeds your soul and when everybody else is dried up and everybody else is dying there's something about you that in the dry times you've got something that's continually feeding your soul you know why because you're positioned by a resource that never runs dry I'm here to tell you that if we go find the good part we've got to get in the right position to find that good part. (laughs) Whoop, hallelujah. 
By the way, I didn't come all the way from South Carolina tonight and decide to drive all the way back to South Carolina tonight just to give a lecture. I came to try to get you to understand that there is a good part of life that you and I could be having right now if we'll go after the right things. Better yet, let me rephrase rephrase that. It ain't about things. It's about going after the right one. Young lady, you don't need to find a man as much as you need to find the man. Sir, you don't need to find all the peace and joy that this world has to offer until you find the Prince of Peace and the real joy of this world. He gives joy unspeakable and full of glory. That sounds like that good part. That's what I want in life. But I got to realize it's positional. Now, listen, if Mary... I hope y'all with me tonight. If Mary, I'm, I'm really trying hard to stay in my box, but I'm about to run out of it. If Mary and Martha can be in the same house and one of them is getting it and one of them is missing it, then don't you think in church that there's some people that are getting it and some people ain't getting it? You know why? What's the difference? One of them was seated in the right position. (laughs) Not long ago, we went to a place traveling with my family. We travel about 47 weeks out of the year. We're on the road somewhere where God opens the doors. And there's some places where He takes us that I don't even know if Jesus Himself has been there. We went to a place not long ago and didn't have no reception. I mean, we were in the hood. We were in the backwoods of a place. And I mean, they had us tucked up behind a a church house in the woods in a little house that the church owned. And man, we was just all hunkering down until we got out of there. But I found out we didn't have no reception on our phones where we was at. And so the whole time we're there... We're all just kind of walking around the house trying to do this thing. And one, one day I looked up, we was there a couple of days, and I looked up and my wife is standing in one place in the kitchen and she's just sitting here talking on the phone with her sister, just going to town talking. I'm standing 10 feet away from her. I have no bars on my phone. And I said, how many bars you got on your phone? She said, I'm talking. I said, I know, I want to talk too. She looked at her phone. She said, three, four. I said, how in the world can I be 10 feet away from her and I have no bars and she's got four? I walked over to where she was at. You know what I did? I held my phone up to where she was. And all of a sudden, I started picking up signal. The rest of the week, there were times during the day where there was like five of us huddled together in one little spot in that house. Do you know why? Because we had found one place where we could get what we needed and get the reception we needed. I have found in life 
that there's some places that I'll lose and drop a call and I'll find places in my life where it doesn't seem like I'm getting in touch with heaven like I should. And so I'll go hunting for those places where I know I can get a hold of him and he can get a hold of me. Your life ought to be the same way. Listen, if you can feel God in here, but you can't feel God out there, you know what I'd do if I was you? I'd keep coming back to the place where you know you got reception and you can get a hold of God and He can get a hold of you. (laughs) Why? Because I promise you, it is positional. It does matter where you go in life. Can I give you another one? Aren't you glad that God, how many of you, you ain't got to raise your hand, you ain't got to say amen, you ain't got to act like I do, but just maybe nod in Jesus' name. You've been in those places where you knew God was giving you something that you desperately needed. That's finding that good part. (laughs) Aren't you glad that He's shown you some places in life where you can find what you need? Oh, I'd keep going back to those places. It's positional. Number two, we must consider that not only is it positional, but it's intentional. What do you mean by that, preacher? I'm glad you asked me because I'm going to tell you. It's intentional. Notice what the Bible says. Jesus talking to Martha said, Martha, Martha, you're cumbered about. You're, you're too troubled about stuff. you got your mind on a thousand different things. But one thing is needful. Yeah, it's not the many things. One thing is needful. And watch this. And Mary hath chosen that good part. Mary did what? She did what? She chose it. Listen, I want to tell you something. God is no respecter of person. You see somebody else being blessed, and you might think that God has a lot of favoritism in life. But it could be That it wasn't God who just favored somebody above somebody else, but somebody was so intentional about getting what they needed that they made a decision that He was all they chose. Can I tell you something? That stuff, that good part is intentional. You have to be intentional about it. You have to make up your mind that in life there's nothing more important. There's nothing going to stand in my way. There's nothing more important. If God is in the house, I want to be closer to Him than anybody else is. I don't want nobody to be more close to God than I am. I don't want nobody to be my spirituality. Listen, if God is that good to my pastor, then I know God can be good to me too. I need Him just as much as the next person. And I've got to be intentional about this thing. It said that Mary chose that good part. Can I tell you something? The reason I don't find what I need in life many times is because I choose things over going for that good part. But I want to challenge you in these last days, if we have ever, as parents, as mamas and daddies, if we have ever been intentional about serving God, it's time to get real intentional about it. 
That's my intention. Listen, you don't just stumble on the goodness of God. You don't just wake up and, and, and it just, it just uh, comes in the mail to you every day. God is good and His mercy is new every morning. But you, like those Israelites who woke up every morning, watch this, woke up every morning and the Bible said that God had rained down manna in the middle of the night. But watch this, they didn't just sit there and look at the manna and say, thank God He sent the manna and then turn around and went back into the house. But no, they had to get out and pick it up every day and eat from it every day. It was intentional that when God gave the blessing, they went after it. You and I must make a decision that we're going after that good part. I had... I don't know. I know Fairview's watching us. Thank you, Fairview, for staying with us. I hope y'all haven't got up and left me yet. But I don't know if anybody else is watching by way of live stream or on the internet or anything, but I may have family members that are watching me, and I may have to move to Alabama after I tell you this story. But I've got this cousin of mine that growing up, I didn't like him real well at all. He was a brat. He was about 10 years younger than I was. And my grandma, she's dead and in heaven. That's why I can tell the story. My grandmother made the best homemade cookies ever. I'm telling you, how many of you, you like homemade? I'm not talking about Keebler Elf stuff. I'm, ta- I'm not talking about that little Pillsbury doughboy that laughs when you punch him in the belly. I'm talking about real, show enough, made from scratch cookies. You want to know what salvation tastes like? Get you some homemade, she made the best peanut butter cookies. Homemade peanut butter cookies. Miss Diane, it was enough to, if mama was in the room after grandma made it, you'd want to slap mama, it was so good. And I don't know why they did this. These the old timers, those ladies, those little old ladies, they used to, after they'd get it out of the oven, y'all remember this? And those peanut butter cookies, they'd take a fork and they'd make that design on the top. Y'all ever seen them do that? They would hashtag the top of those things. These kids today think they came up with hashtags. Grandma was hashtagging cookies long before y'all ever got here. She'd hashtag that thing. Put that design on top. I don't even know why, but they'd hashtag those peanut butter cookies. And I'd love them. And I remember playing outside one day, and I come running in after smelling those cookies, and I ran over. Those cookies was laid out on the oven, and I ran over there to reach up there, and Grandma slapped my hand, and she said, you're going to have to wait till they're cooled down. And I watched my little cousin who had been in the kitchen with her. He had on his little apron and he, I mean, he had been in the kitchen with her the whole time and sucking his thumb and that little blonde hair just flowing. And I mean, he'd walk around and follow grandma and he'd follow her a whole lot wider than this box they done put me in. But, but he would follow her around. And I remember when she'd slap my hand, say, go outside and play. I'll tell you when they cool down, she'd turn around and she'd take that spoon she had been cooking with. And she had handed to him. She said, you want to lick the spoon? He'd look at me, stick his tongue out, and he'd lick that spoon. And I started thinking, why in the world does that little brat get favored more than I do? Why does he get the first bite? Why does he get to lick the spoon? And it dawned on me that the whole time Grandma was in the kitchen, she'd walk around, and that little boy would be following her around, and he'd say, Grandma, can I help you make those cookies? And she'd be stirring. 
turn that bowl of cookie batter and he'd step on his little stool and he'd say, Grandma, I want to help you. And she'd say, come on. And he had the whole time was following Grandma everywhere she went. And because he was there the whole time, he got to be, because he was there helping in the kitchen, he got to be the one that licked the spoon. I want to tell you something, that wherever God is, I want to be there too. If he's in the kitchen cooking up something good on Sunday morning, I want to be there too. I know he's the one that's making the cookies, but I can help him stir it up a little bit. And maybe, just maybe, when God is dishing out his glory, that I can get the first taste of what God's doing. I want to be a part of it. If God's in it, I want to be a part of it. You know why? You know why that little boy got the first bite? Because he was intentional about being there with grandma the whole time. You know what we need to do? If God's in the kitchen cooking up something, we need to be intentional about hanging out with him. I know y'all tired of me already. Won't you see this? Finding that good part. What was the first one? It's positional. Yes, somebody's listening. Amen. How about in the balcony? What's that number two? Intentional. Then there's a third one. Can I give you this consideration tonight? We must consider that finding that good part is foundational. What do you mean by that? Thank you for asking because I'm going to tell you. This is not the last time that you're going to see Mary and Martha. In fact, the next time that we see Mary and Martha, they're not gathered around the table. They're gathered around a tomb. I want you to see something that God showed me. I, I hope that it registered somebody in here tonight. That if you can start doing the right thing, that when things fall apart, it won't take you long to get right back to that right thing. See, the next time we see them, they're gathered around the tomb. and They had sent word to Jesus, your friend that you love is sick. They, I believe this with all my heart. They believe that if Jesus had a came before Lazarus died, Jesus could have healed him. You know why I believe that? Because it said it in there. Those Jews gathered around the tomb that was mourning said, could not this man who have healed the blinded eyes heal this man that he would not have died? They had enough faith to believe that he was God during life, but he was not God of the death. Can I tell you, He's God of it all. He's God when they live. He's God when they die. <laughs> but they didn't understand. They had sent word, would you come while He's sick? And the Bible said that Jesus didn't move. He stayed still. Now I want to stop just a minute. We're doing Bible study, right? I, I want you to remember, you don't ever find God just standing still. Long. In fact, the first time you ever read about God in Genesis 1, it said that the Spirit of the Lord moved upon the face of the water. You know what that means? That in the very beginning, God was on the move. But I want to stop and show you something. 
if he ever does not move, he is saying more in his inactivity than he would in his activity. If God does stop in your life and is not speaking, it's time for you to stop and find out why he ain't talking. Because God don't ever do anything by accident. He's not hanging out in another town and not moving when they pray because He's feeling absent-minded. But He's trying to prove something to them. And there's somebody in here tonight, no doubt, God ain't doing it like you thought He should have. I want to tell you, you need to slow down and figure out why. Because he's trying to say more and not saying anything than he would if he spoke. I believe that. I've lived that. And so he tarries. And we've all heard the preaching on Lazarus being raised after four days late. And I'm thankful for all those sermons that I've heard. But I think there's stuff in there that there's still yet to dig out of that Scripture that the Lord has allowed us to dig into a little bit. The Bible says that when finally he did die, they sent word to let him know, hey, you missed your opportunity. You missed your chance. You could have done something big for us like we've seen you do it for everybody else. See, it's a problem when you start expecting God to do for you what you've seen Him do for everybody else and not realizing that God wants to do something specifically for you that maybe you've never seen Him do before. What a God we serve. They said, He's dead. Don't worry about coming. And then He moves. Isn't that amazing? He don't even get to town good enough. The Bible says that He started, they saw Him coming down the road with His disciples, and they sent word to Mary and Martha in the house, the Master's coming. And notice who was the first one to get up. It was Martha. She jumped up and ran out to meet Him in the street. And the Bible says that when she came to Him, she didn't even let Him say a word. She pointed her finger and she said, Had you been here, our brother would not have died. She's in his face. Had you been here, our brother would not have died. Jesus responded and said, your brother will live again. She stopped him in the middle of that. And she said, I know that you'll raise him up in the resurrection. Notice what she's saying. I know that in eternity he will live again. But here's my problem. I need him to live right now. And see, here's an issue with us. We believe in the God of eternity, but do you believe in the God of right now? She said, I know in the later days you're going to raise him up, but right now is where my problem is. And Jesus looked at her and said, Martha, I am the resurrection and the life. (laughs) 
Do you hear what he said? I'm talking to you sitting in Coleman, Alabama. Do you hear what he said? He did not say, I brought resurrection because he's not a God that brings a briefcase with what you need. But he said, I am the resurrection. You need to understand something. He's not just a God that gives us what we need. He is the God that is what we need. The Bible said she left him. Nothing else happened. Nothing changed. Lazarus is still dead. And she went into the house. Are y'all still with me? Say amen. amen. She went into the house and she called her sister and said, the master's calling for you. Mary gets up and Mary goes to that same space. He had not even moved. And Mary comes to the same place that Martha had been. And remember Martha said, had you been here, our brother would not have died. In the same context, in the same text, John chapter number 11, go home and look it up if you don't believe what I'm saying. The Bible said that she fell at his feet. Uh Uh-oh. She is in the place where she used to be before. And notice this. She says the same exact Prayer that Martha said. Word for word, she says, had you been here, our brother would not have died. And notice what Jesus does. Jesus said, tell me where he's at. Show me where he is. What was the difference? Martha had been in his face. Remember in the house what she had done to Jesus? Tell my sister to help me. You're not telling her. She's not doing right. Martha is in his face and in the street, in the hard time. She's right back in God's face. But in the house, Mary got at his feet. And in the street, Mary got back at his feet. Listen, here's the difference. Here's what changed the situation. Martha got in his face, but Mary got at his feet. Martha spoke in frustration, but Mary bowed in faith, believing. I'm here to tell you that if you could get in God's God's feet right now, it will set the precedence of how you react. And even in the good times, if you're at his feet, when it gets bad, you'll get back at his feet because he is a God that is foundational. If you could do it right now, and you could start it right now, when things start falling apart, you'll know exactly where you need to get back to. I've seen people who raised their hands in health, and when they got cancer, they stood in the choir, bodied riddled with pain. Raising their hands, saying how good God is. What is that? They found the good part. Even when life falls apart. Because it's foundational. It's positional. It's intentional. Now tonight, let me ask you a question. Do you want to find that good part? I want it. I want it bad. Listen, I'm raising up two little girls in a godless society that tells them that they don't even know their identity. It rebukes and mocks the verse that says that they were fearfully and wonderfully made. And they were made in the image of God and in His likeness. 
And if the next generation is going to have any hope, they're going to have to see the hope in this generation. If those children are going to find that good part of life, then mama and daddy needs to make up their mind right now. We're going after that good part.